Looney just came up, and just for those of you who are here and, and praying through some of these uh, areas uh, in your life, Steve, the word that Steve had, and I'm going to do my best to get it right, is that he saw it's the Holy Spirit as we're beginning to release these things to, to pour himself out from, from you know, basically coming from here, <laughs> almost like a Pentecost moment, coming to the hit in the head and kind of coming out the heart. And, and I believe representing this, this, this work of God in cleansing, this work of God in restoration. But the word he heard is real clear. It's the scripture that says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so there's this work of God in movement, right, of moving in our lives. But it's, but it's as you leave yourself at the will of the, of the Father, saying, Jesus, I can't live without you. I live in, in desperation for you. I need you every day in this place of saying, it's not by my might nor by my power, by my wisdom, by my strength, but I can only live by the power of your spirit moving in me, says the Lord. And so this morning as we're just in this place, and we're going to end our time here just in this worship part, um, I just, I want us to, to do a... <laughs> I want us to, 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 to pray. So what we're going to do is this. This is, again, outside of the norm, Okay. I want us to be able to, I want us to, we're going to just end with a, with a, with one more chorus of a song, okay? And I'm going to release you. And we're going to do this. I want you, this is how I want us to do. We're going to actually take community time without being released or doing announcements. This is what, this is what it's going to look like. You feel you go to the bathroom, you can't even sing it for a long time. But I want you to take that time during our community time just to love on each other. There's something powerful about, about being in community. So you sat here and you had your time with Jesus. And people came alongside of you and prayed for you. That's fantastic. But let me tell you something. You have to walk away with people. Does that make sense? Like you, you're doing, you're now living, right, with the power of the Spirit moving through you together with other people. Because you can't make it without Jesus. And you can't make it alone without other people coming alongside of you and doing life with you and encouraging you and being in community with you. And so when we get done, listen, I want you to, I want you to be intentional. If you see somebody you know, I want you to hug them. If you don't know them, ask if you can hug them. All right? And they're like, just shake their hand or give them a high five. But I want us to take our community time with the intention of recognizing Jesus, we're looking at you. We are looking at you together. A.W. Tozer said one time, he said, there's all this talk about unity in the church, and we do all this stuff to get together and try to build communities. Let me tell you this. If everybody is looking at Jesus in prayer, we find ourselves in unity going after the exact same thing. This morning is what we've been doing. We've been focusing on Jesus. We've been looking to him. And we found ourselves being united together as we do that. And so I want you to celebrate that. As we go into community time after this little chorus. And I want you to love on each other. If you don't know anybody here, just love on somebody anyway. If you're an extreme introvert and you hate hugs, then just get fist pumps like this. You can do like this. long, But just but recognize we're built for a community. We're built to be in relationships. That's why Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Genesis 1, paints the picture of the three in one having lived in community and in unity for their entire being. Why do you think, and, and God created human beings and said, and it said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he created woman from man as an expression of saying, hey, just as we live in community, so too will you, because you need one another. So that's what we're going to celebrate. 
Let me get down with the chorus. As soon as we get the chorus, he's going to say amen or pray or something. I don't know what we do in church. He's pray usually in something in church, right? You're going to pray, and then you'll be released to community time, and then we'll figure out. We're, actually, we need a break five minutes to figure out what we're going to do next, right? That's why we're taking a break. No, seriously, do that, and then we're going to uh, we'll come back. Cool. We have good because I was kind of imagining myself on this side. I was confused. You look real good on my side, Scott. Ah, this is my better side. Which, when you look like me, you try to find whatever best side because this doesn't go far. I wasn't going to say it. Okay. Amen. Well, we have. um, uh, This is not rehearsed, um, but um, I'm excited. God just kind of put in my head what this looked like. Actually, He told me. I I told my wife last night. You know, I've been working on this talk like all week and. I told her last night, it's like, I'm not even going to preach tomorrow. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I just like, I don't know what God's doing, but it's like I'm not going to preach. Like, I would guess that I'm not preaching tomorrow. And she just kind of looked at me like I'm crazy. And well, here I am. I'm not really kind of preaching for the service. So um, what what I'm imagining is that uh, I just want to read a scripture to you and talk just briefly about it and then ask Steve some questions and back and forth and just let us as a body all hear what the heart that God has given Steve and I for what a church can be and what he's called us together here to be as a church. So um, you don't you if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Ephesians chapter four. I'm going to read a few verses to you. You may be able to follow it on the screen, uh, beginning in verse 10. Then he who descended, we're kind of picking up midway in a, in a passage here. He who descended is the very one who ascended to the higher Uh, Higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. It was he speaking of Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Pause to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, but by the and by cunning craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each does its part. Friends, this is the clearest picture and understanding that I have for design for what the church should look like. That Christ gives these gifts, these these fivefold ministries, and I'll let Steve speak to that a little bit if he likes this, this fivefold ministries, apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers, evangelists. And he's given these gifts to leaders within the church, the elders, the leaders in the church to prepare God's people for the works of service that he has in store for them to do. And as each member empowered and equipped to do their part of service, then we all come to a full knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. It's pretty clear. That's that's almost precisely exactly what Paul is saying to the Ephesians church. And this is a model for who we can be in the church. So our role as pastors is to equip and empower you to do your part as you serve one another 
And as you do that, we all come to a greater knowledge and fullness of who we can be in Christ. That's real good, Scott. Sam so just to talk now. Jump in. Jump in. Harvest, welcome. This is Timothy's fiance, Harvest. Timothy, new youth pastor, new youth pastor wife to be. Hey, um, so yeah, I think it, so. When we talk about the we talk about church, right? We think of obviously we represent Little C Church. We are we are little church, small church. We are part of the of the body of Christ. You know, uh, Paul uses that analogy. Uh, I, I think in Corinthians says we are all part of one body. We each have our our part to play. And so so in Paul here in, in Ephesians, kind of just laying it out, just some, this whole fivefold ministry. What all that means is there are five pieces, fivefold to kind of fold them out, right? And kind of like a fan, fold it out to the fivefold ministry. These five pieces represent uh, our calling. And so when you read that, the tension I think that we have a lot of times when we read a, Ephesians uh, four is that. Uh, you specifically begin to think about, oh, well, I'm not Pastor Scott, right? Or I'm not a, most of us don't know an evangelist, and if you do, he scared you probably, right? And, 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 and you think of prophets, you're like, oh my gosh, right? Because you read the Old Testament, all this kind of stuff. And so, so we kind of, we kind of honestly kind of, we kind of take that part of scripture, we kind of move it over here in thinking about our own personal lives. And I want to do something real quick, and this may be difficult for you to receive, but I want to tell you very quickly, I, and some of you definitely are going to disagree with this, and that's okay. When I read this, the part that I've come to in recognizing our calling in the body of Christ is that every single one of you carries one of these names in front of your name. It's not just these hyper-apostles, right, and they have their name. You've seen them. They, call, I'm they introduce themselves. I'm Apostle Jimmy. Really? <laughs> right? Who gave you that title? That's funny. Did you give it to yourself? Because most people do, right? And so everybody has, you know what I'm talking about. And so there's this dynamic going on, right? People who, who come and they classify themselves, whatever it may be. And, and so when Paul is writing, he's, he's, he's writing here. Listen, he didn't write to an individual. He wrote to the entire church in Ephesus. So you have to get context of the, of the, of the reading. Whoever was reading this, it was, a, uh, it was a letter written by Paul to the entire church. And the expectation, he's looking at it, every single mother of three children, right, who was sitting probably on the left side because the church, because the, it was like men on one side, women on the other. And the reader's looking over at the mom with two kids and says, listen, you carry one of the parts of the fivefold ministry. It's written in the context, not of pastoral seminary training school, but to every single believer who is represented in that church. If you grew up, if you've been a part of charismatic churches, they like to, they take these and they kind of classify them for the elites, right? And they have the elite status that they put these names to. And so the Apostle Jimmy's coming to church, say, oh my gosh, I can't wait. So, so now the masses come and sit there and listen to him. And the reality is what Paul's saying is, listen, every single one, listen, Every single one of you are carrying one of these fivefold ministry pieces. And it probably doesn't look like the way in your mind that you've interpreted it to look. The evangelist Bob who goes down the street and he's always, are you going to heaven or hell? Sheep or goat, which one are you? That's in the Bible, there's a thing, either you're a sheep or you're a goat. This is whole dynamic, right? You're going to have it anyway. So there's this whole dynamic going down, right? And, 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 but the idea is that in our lives, I want you to hear this. And this is where I think Scott's me to go. Every single one, I don't really, don't really, I don't know where he wants me to go, to be honest with you. This is again off the cuff, but, but every single one of us, right, has been called as a part of the body to fulfill a specific 
calling that Jesus has in our life. Listen, in the sphere or the world in which you live. I can't evangelize Lane's world. Only she can. And we talk about this, the, the apostle, the prophet, the, the evangelist, the teacher, and the shepherd, whatever. I, I can't remember what I love them. Where are we again? Like fourth, yeah, right there. Right? He's got them underlined for me. Thank you. Right? Some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. In the context of the world in which we live. So I'm just going to go through real quick on all of these. Right? Some to be apostles. The apostle is the one who's kind of initiated, the entrepreneur of sorts. Right? This is the person who's dreaming these big dreams, who's, who's always out there, who always stresses you out because they have a hard time landing right here in the moment. Because they're always thinking big picture over here. Right? They're most comfortable just looking like 10 years down the road, and they're, they're starting this new work and they're going along this line, whatever it may be. you got some who are called to be prophets. That word freaks you out because you're like, I'm supposed to be called Isaiah, right? But prophets is simply someone who literally is coming on. This person's kind of black and white personality of like, they see that they see things from God, right? They know clearly the direction that, that we're supposed to be going. They're, they're listening to God. They're hearing God in the moment, right? There's just this black and white mentality of life and where we're going. Some to be evangelists. This person who, man, they just, everywhere they go, they just can't help but just bleed Jesus, right? Can't just can't help for it, but Jesus to come out and just lead people with this great gift of compassion for someone who does not know Christ. And there's like, oh, I just so long, right? We find ourselves just you find yourself praying all the time, God, I'm praying for my neighbor, I'm praying for the law, praying for whatever it may be. This is you just have this heart of compassion, right? Just for those who don't know Christ and some to be pastors. This, this is like the shepherding gift. You know a shepherd, right? That person who just comes along and nurtures comes along and nurtures and is just sensitive and compassionate in the moment. Just you all, and, and teachers, someone who literally just comes along and we all need teachers, don't we? And the teacher sits down and, you know, have you ever been in church before where you have this great speaker and they go off in some message and they never use their Bible, right? They're just like, but it's like, you know, it's of God. And they just kind of go off in some direction, and all of a sudden, in the, like in a perfect world, and the teacher comes along and says, well, let me tell you biblically why he went where he just went, <laughs> right? Let me just go and point you to the scripture. You make sure you're not running off into some error over here, right? This is the teacher who comes along just, and is just knows the Bible. They just love to teach, or, or even in their context of life, they just love to come alongside of someone. Teachers are, I mean, teachers and teacher, in teacher world, in schools, right? They just love to give people nuts and bolts of how to live life. So, so there's both the, the spiritual component mm-hmm. of our lives, in my opinion, also even playing itself out in the practical realm of life. And here's where we go with that, is that, you know, what the picture of the church is, is not what a lot of us may have grown up necessarily experiencing in church. The church is far beyond showing up at a place on Sunday and receiving or hearing a message and going to have a good Sunday brunch somewhere. The church is something that is happening within the lives of the people, you guys, as you leave this place. And it is you, we are the church together. Steve's not the church. I'm not the church. Any one of us alone or the church, church exists in the context of community and as we disperse to be community outside these walls. And what we do as we come together on Sunday is we have our time together and we have our teaching, and our lessons and everything else. But that's to equip and empower you to be the Christian that God is calling you to be, because the reality is, as a dad, I've learned this. If I want my kids 
to grow up to be mature, I have to give them responsibilities. If I protect, if I'm so protective as a parent to my children that I never am giving them responsibilities, I'm never giving them chores, they're never responsible for anything, they never have to clean up their room, they never have to do this because I'm doing it all for them, guess what? My children will not grow in maturity. But as I empower and equip my kids by giving them chores and having them make their bed and having them clean their room, guess what? They are maturing. You ever watch the Jerry Springer show? You've seen people who never had any responsibility in their life. Everything was all taken care of for them. And the reality is true in our spiritual walk. We would not be maturing you as leaders of this church if we did not help you discover the things within this body, within this church, and the things that God wants you to be responsible for as you're outside these walls. The relationships that you're in. God wants you to have a responsibility for. It may be certain people in the office that he highlights for you. But the reality is ministry takes place in the context of relationships. The people that God wants to speak to and use you to minister to are people that you probably already know. Now, are you, a, are you at a maturity place in your faith? that you realize and recognize that God wants me to have responsibility to be a Christian in this relationship to the person sitting in the cubicle across from me. If you don't, then welcome to church world. That God wants to grow you and mature you to fully know who Christ is and to be an agent of his kingdom by loving this person. Okay? I'm going to make it real simple. I'm going to give you three things. I'm going to let Steve kind of speak to this a little bit. You guys are going to be empowered to be the church. That's the biblical model for church, clearly according to Ephesians 4. So just a little practical step. If you want to jump on board with this and invite God to empower you to go begin being a minister to the people you have relationships with, I have three things to, to put in front of you. I want you to pray about who is it, God, that you want me to venture out and start to encourage you. So you're going to make yourself, number one, it's AIT, A, availability. You're going to make yourself available to that person. Maybe you've prayed about who is it at work that you want me to minister to. You start praying about who that is, and when that person comes to mind, you make yourself available to them. When they walk by, you put down the pen or the pencil or the calculator, whatever you're in front of, and you give the, you make time for this person, okay? So you make yourself available to, to them. Number two is intentionality. You begin praying for that person, intentionally praying their name every day. God, help Beth open the doors for me to have to to love on Beth and to care for Beth and to be a friend to Beth. And number three, you're going to trust God with that relationship. I don't know what God has in store for you in that relationship. I just know this, that if you're if you're willing to be a Christian and truly love that person, and you are make yourself available and you're intentional and you're praying for them and you're trusting God with this, with this relationship, you will watch Jesus. You will watch heaven move and opportunities happen where suddenly this person is like spilling their guts to you. Suddenly there's like this wide open door for you to walk into to share with them how much Jesus has done in your life or whatever the case is. You don't even have to be an evangelist. You just have to be willing to actually love them, make yourself available, Be intentional and trust God with this relationship and watch him just show up and start to change lives before your very eyes. That's good. 
So I would just, uh, just to, to end this kind of thought, obviously, I love this in here in, in, in chapter 4. It says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ, Christ apportioned it. That's verse 7. To each one of us, grace has been given. God's, basically, God's poured out into you something you didn't earn because he wanted to empower you. So grace has been poured out to each of us. Everybody say each of us. That means you. That's what I'm getting at here in this idea that each of us have this role. So Scott's talking about the, the AIT, this component that we're, we're called to be available and to, and to invest and to, and to trust God in this. That's what I want you to begin to own is that when we come, this is what Scott's getting at. And this is why even when we're talking, I'm just, I'm landing on is that why, so church is not the, it's not the, um, it's not the, it's what is it? It's, it's the beginning. It's not the end of the week, right? It's the beginning. And so when we came in today and, you know, we, we, we prayed for one another, right? We, we shepherded one another, right? We prophesied over one another, speaking truth, right? I'm, I mean, praying for people, I'm speaking, just speaking truth into their life in areas of brokenness, right? And speaking truth and prophesying to them, right? This is big Bible words. It's all it is. I'm speaking God's truth into lies, maybe that they're believing, Right? We're simply practicing this morning. That's all this is. Like, it's like Sunday morning in a sense. It's just practice <laughs> for what every day of your life can and should look like. Because it says each one of us. So I'll just say this just real quick. If you have your Bibles, I, I'm not going to ask you to do this, right? But, but Paul's writing this, and he says in verse 7, each of us has been given this, right? When he ascended on high, he led captives in his training, gave gifts to men and to women. And then he does the big brackets, which basically means, hey, this is an aside, right? It's just an aside for you to think about. He goes from that, and then he says, uh, goes down to verse 11, it was he who gave son to be apostles, son to be prophets on in the line. And so he's talking to each of us, kind of does the bracket, and says, now here's what I've given to each of you. And so when you're living your life then, we're living in the context every moment of every day practicing here what every day of our week should look like. And so in a sense, we can say, because it's, it's church language, we're basically doing church every moment of every day, fleshing out what we're called to be in the body of Christ. And so we had the worship team up here, right? Well, what do worshipers do during the week? Well, man, worship breaks strongholds. And so so good worshipers, what do they do? They're singing every moment of every day, right? They're, they're living in this place of just giving themselves to Jesus, right? And, and so worshipers, they go, and everywhere they go, they're just worshiping, right? They're worshiping the context of life and what's happening. For some reason, strongholds are being broken down as they just, lead, as they just worship. Teachers, they're teaching in the moment. So all that to say, we take it make it practical for every day of life. And we're being available. We're being intentional. Is that the word? And then we're trusting Every moment of every day in the life in which you're living out. And so please, please, please die to the southern mentality that we go to church. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus calls us to be the church every moment of every day. The language you've used here at Vintage since I got here was this call to be missional. That every day of our life, I'm living life on mission as an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a shepherd, or a teacher, whatever that looks like for my life in the context of the world in which I live. And the reality is when a church is healthy, you know, first of all, let's just throw out the window the reality that 
whatever our little utopian perspective of what church is, uh, just let's just leave that at home, okay? Because it, we, are, we are part of the imperfect church, okay? We're going to get to experience the perfect church when we're all fully in the unity place when we're in heaven, okay? But right now, we're at the imperfect church. We all got issues. We all got things. But as we come together as a body, and as we share things in common, as we each do our part, then we come to grow in a maturity and in a likeness of Christ. And we come to a, a, a full understanding of who Christ is as we each individually, imperfect as we are, come together to be a body. Because the reality is we have things that are needed within the church. You know, we have areas that we need people to help serve, right? And there's just always going to be, you know, announcements where, you know, if you can help serve in children's ministry or you can help serve somewhere else. You know, when we make one of those announcements in a healthy church, everybody will recognize and understand we all have responsibility. You know, you've ever heard of the 80-20 rule? You know, 20% of, pe- 20% of the people do 80% of the work, right? That, that's a reality in most churches. That's not the reality that Scripture is leading us to be as a church. It should be 80-20 the other way, right? That 80% of the people all have a share in doing God's work. So, you know, we have, we have a need, you know, for people to help out by investing into the next generation of children in our children's ministry. Anybody in here have any willingness to, do, to step up and, and be a part of being a part of the body? Maybe you don't feel like you have a calling in that area. It doesn't matter what your calling piece is. There's an opportunity for people to step up and to start to pitch in and do work. And as you do that, as we all do that, there's, it, there's an amazing piece where the Holy Spirit just begins to do a work within who we are, that we have moments like we had earlier. I mean, that's just kind of the, ice, the tip of the iceberg for what God has in store for a group of people who will earnestly come together and seek his face. Come together in community and be willing to share their lives with each other. You want to be a church that if we weren't here, we'd be missed? We do that, and God will see to it that we have an impact, a ripple takes place throughout our community that is everlasting. That your neighbors, though you never might have imagined, could be you know, somebody who's suddenly coming to church with you. God himself will orchestrate when we're willing to step up and do our part, when we're willing to truly love people and enter into a relationship with them and care about them and trust God with that relationship, you will have your neighbors come to your door and knock on the door and say, hey, I've been thinking about this church thing. I know you go to church. Tell me about it. That was my experience. A guy named Dan lived three doors down. His nickname's Ditch because that's where his friends pulled him out of every weekend. Furthest thing from God. Comes and sits in my driveway. Hey, man. Never would imagine Dan could come to church. Dan's been going to church for just over a year now. He's the guy, he is the, the poster child for this guy will never come to church. Came and started asking me, so tell me about this whole church thing. Just prayer. Trusting God with relationships. God wants to use you to do the same thing and trust me. Based on my experience, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss seeing God move and change a life before your very eyes just because you are willing to sit in a chair and watch God be God and actually give your heart or care for somebody else. If you're willing to do that and you're willing to start doing your part, friends, 
you will be amazed at what God wants to do with you. That's what I moved up here to be a part of. That's a part of what, what Rebecca and I have had an experience to see. That's what God has in store for you. And you don't want to go back to having church be a place you come to on Sunday. That's good. All right. What time is it? About that time. All right. So let's read this real quick in verse, um, verse 12. So we talk about evangelists, prophets, all that stuff, right? It says, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge, blah, 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 okay? Attain the fullness of Christ. But I want you to begin to see is this, where all the things that we're talking about is simply for, number one, it's the, our call to be investing and causing growth to be happening in people's lives around us, right? We, we have a call to be investing, and, and really the, Bible, the biblical word is discipleship. We're all called to make disciples. That's what Jesus said, right? Not, it's talk, I've called you all, go make disciples. We're all investing. We're all giving our lives away. Not so we can lord it over people, but so that we can encourage them and serve them in love, right? So that they can be empowered, what? For their responsibilities. There are works of service. I want you to see it. it's called works of service, works of serving. We don't gain salvation through it. We simply express our life in Christ in the context of service to Jesus for those that are in need. This is what we're naming here and talking about this idea of being the church and empowering others for their works of service. Because why? We all have responsibilities. We all have callings in the body of Christ and as the body of Christ. All right, let me pray for us. Jesus, we, uh, we thank you for this morning. And, uh, Father, I pray that you would... Lord, I pray that you would move uh, this morning in a sense of Jesus solidifying this work. God, we came and we, we quote-unquote, were the church this morning for one another. And, God, I I believe it was simply a a picture of, God, of who we're called to then be every moment of every day. God, living in the place of worship and of adoration, of living in the place of giving you glory, in the place of trusting you in faith and believing you for miracles and, and, and praying for one another and shepherding with compassion and, and prophesying each other's lives. Simply all that means, God, is just hearing you and just speaking truth and loving them that way. God, that's the, the greatest joy you have in life is just speaking to people as an act of love for them. That's all it means to prophesy, just speaking into people's lives, your words, because you love them. And so, Father, this morning, I I, I simply pray that you would take the work that you've begun this morning in us. And, Lord, I pray that you would bring it to fruition. Father, we say yes and amen for the things we prayed about in a real practical sense this morning and believing you for for healing is working of miracles. God, we praise you for the work of, of the cross, for, for forgiveness of sins, and then being released, God, just being cleansed fully and completely, Father, to now run the race set before us with endurance. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you for you coming to, to do your job, which is simply to remind us of who we belong to and of what it means to walk in agreement and to empower us for service. And so, Jesus, this morning, we say yes to you. We pray this in your name. Amen.